Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B Podcast, brought to you as always by Lead Forensics. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode is the audio taken from our webinar, Unleash Your B2B Brand Power, Expert Strategies for Marketing Leaders. For this, I was joined by David Jones, Global Brand Strategist for Polar and founder of Brand Noob. David was a great guest to speak with and offered up some smashing insights and strategies you'll need to ensure your brand is poised for greatness. So, without further ado, here is David Jones on Unleashing Your B2B Brand Power. So let's let's jump straight into this, shall we? When reevaluating your company's brand, where's a good place to start? Um, I think it's it's the brand purpose. Like everything boils down to the brand purpose. And personally, like what I've tried to do with with Polar. So Polar is traditionally a B two C brand, but we're moving into B two B branding. We've just moved into B two B branding. Um, so brand purpose, and one way to do that is it's a simple concept. It's called Ikigai, and there are there are four circles within this concept. Uh, one is what you're good at. The other one is what you're passionate about. The third is how you can help people, and the fourth is how you can provide value. Essentially, what you can make money from. So mm. right in the center of those four circles, that's your core purpose. So that will that will define everything that comes out of that little experiment so it's about boiling it down into your almost buckets of exactly what it is you want to achieve with your market with your branding and, and that sort of thing then yeah. um, like for example like with with polar um so let's say what you're what you're passionate about it's uh, with polar it's helping people live healthier happier lives uh, and we do that through sports, fitness, uh, and everyday wellness. So then what we're good at is providing scientifically validated technology to measure measure uh, the human performance in life. And then what people need is personalized guidance with those, with those tools. So that how you provide the value through that is, well, it becomes the most trusted and concrete data in the industry. So then out of that boils down to your purpose. So then, so take it. Let's, let's take um, your brand purposes read. Then um, you, you've defined that, and you, you're going ahead with it. What are some key elements of a strong brand strategy for B two B companies? You think, and how can they be effectively implemented? But it's the it's the voice. It all, out of the brand purpose comes your tone of voice and the target audience as well. Because if you can identify who you're supposed to be helping out of that core purpose. But then that should define your tone of voice as well. And through the tone of voice, it's becomes it, you get your story. And story is is a big thing that I want to talk about today as well in terms of branding, because personal opinion is the storytelling is the the most effective tool through for B two C or B two B branding. So storytelling is is one thing that I'm also the copywriter as well. So that's why I'd like to talk <laughs> about storytelling. Well, let's let's jump straight into the storytelling then. Tell us how you implement storytelling in your branding. So, with B two C, it's kind of it's kind of uh, bread and butter. Like you need to tell a story to capture people's human emotion because they buy with emotion, but then make the decision through rationale and logic. But then, if you can appeal to their emotions through an effective story, like if you think of Steve Jobs, for example. He was a master storyteller. That's how he was able to make Apple what it was. It wasn't just the product itself, which was incredible, in my opinion. But, um, 
uh, yeah, he was a he was a master storyteller. So if you can capture people's emotions and tell a story, well then you've got them halfway there. And for B two B branding, again, personal opinion. But if if a B two B brand remembers that essentially they are dealing with humans at first, they're selling to a, a business, but they're dealing with the human sales rep. Well, then they have to appeal to their human emotions through storytelling. I think that's the the, the big sort of divide, isn't it? I mean, you, you think of B two B, you think it, you know, fairly dry, fairly, as you say, big companies. So I think it's yeah. taking elements from B to C and implementing that into B to B, like you say, people buying from people. Which again, you know, regular viewers to this this webinar and podcast series will realize that's almost the motto that we that we live mm. by. Um, so how do you go about? implementing effective storytelling that let's say how do you use social media do you think to create to tell effective stories yeah so just well storytelling on so social media with with if we're talking specifically about b2b branding it's a little bit more tricky because it's social media so you're not directly appealing to the consumers but if you can if you can present your brand as a strong enough brand in social media well then the people make people dictate the decision. So if if our brand, a B two B brand, has a, a big following, people are chattering about it in social media. Well, then a potential prospect or B two B partner sees all of this chatter and then realizes what a solid reputation we have, and then hopefully make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how? How could a B2B company differentiate itself from competitors, particularly in crowded marketplaces? And, and how does branding help with that? Yeah, so I think you have to play to your strengths. So I was saying about Polar. So we're a 45-year-old we're a company or 45-year-old brand. And traditionally, like I said, we've been in B2C, B2C segments. But then by playing to our strengths, which are, are scientifically validated, research plus the technology that we've developed like for example there are the amount of patents we have and the amount of studies that we have in our research library you put you put not going to name competitors but you put all our competitors together <laughs> and we have more than them combined so that's that's the it's not the social proof but that's the proof that we we know what we're talking about and that's our strength so that's what we've really tapped into with the b2b marketing and branding as well it, and then essentially that again boils down to the storytelling you tell a story about what strengths you have and what results we've had through those strengths for example elite athletes which is what polar traditionally focused on and the records we've broken the, the achievements our athletes have, have made because of the technology we provided to them so that's really interesting. So you start with sort of the singular idea of, look, we, we have this credibility, we have this scientifically proved data here for us. And you're almost branching narratives off of that, aren't you, I guess? So like with your, you know, elite athletes and then other offshoots in that sense. So yeah. how how important is it to, to keep a clear and consistent brand message when, when driving for B2B success? Uh, I think it's... It's important, of course, but so where 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 there comes where there comes maybe potential issues is short term versus long term focus. And of course, let's say it's it's a startup 
brand. So the startup brand, they want immediate success. A lot of a lot of startup brands, and that's where maybe they they would trip over the first hurdle because they're they're focusing on on the short term too much. But the long term focus should be about building the brand in order to create recurring sales, not just quick sales, but recurring sales and strategic partnerships as well. Because strategic partnerships are, if you can be picky with who you work with and who you put your brand next to, that's better in the long term. Yeah, 100%. So then, I mean, we we mentioned um, very briefly there, David, we mentioned about, you know, um, the, the credibility and the trust that you can build up um, using the, the scientific data that you have. Um, to go down another route then, how could you use customer insights and feedbacks to inform your brand strategy? Mm, so again, B2C is slightly easier in this realm because it's everything is there on social media and it's in customer reviews and, and things like that. But then you can still use that for, for B2B as well. Like So you could take... Uh, customer sentiments like brand branding is a it's a pretty because there's nothing concrete that you can pull out it's not it's not you can't link it directly to sales in a way so you've got to you've got to think of like the the customer sentiments like what they feel about your brand what they what the nps is like the net promoter score and um and monitor, monitor chatter on social media as well so if people are talking positively about your brand that's a good thing and then if the like if the reputation of the brand if it grows over time on on social media and people are talking about it again like like i was saying earlier about the other brands will see that and they'll in a way you have to become sexy <laughs> so <laughs> by becoming sexy it makes you more attractive and people want to work with you more it's more likely that they'll want to work with you so to try to become be, sorry for the profanity there but <laughs> We've had worse said on these webinars, David. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure of it. So don't don't you worry about that. Um, so let's so if if you've got something like as you mentioned, like a, almost a very strong brand identity from you know that perspective of uh, as we were saying that the scientific data and all this sort of bits and pieces. Then how do you go about tailoring that message for specific industries or even specific customers? Yeah. Well, I think so. When you when you talk about the again the brand purpose, the brand purpose should define everything that you do. But then you should adjust your tone of voice. Not even your tone of voice. Actually, maybe it's more about the messaging, not the core message, but the message that you deliver to a specific audience. So if it's like again, I'll take Polar for ex for an example. So our B two B offering. It has different segments. So there's corporate wellness. There are professional sports teams. Obviously, you can't talk to a, a corporate wellness prospect the same way you would talk to a professional sports team. So the tone of voice can remain the same. It's still, if I'm a copywriter, it's still my tone of voice shining through in the copy. But the way it's delivered and the end result, the like the the last page of the book, if you like, that end page. And the message that comes out through that end page, that's what should be different. But the tone, the style, and the core message should remain the same. 
So almost in a sort of James Brown way, keep it loose, keep it tight, that sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll have to use that one next. Uh, you're very welcome to it. You can have that one for free, David. No worries at all. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So how could how could like a, a B2B company leverage its brand to drive lead generation and sales? And, and what tactics are, are most effective for that? Uh, so I, I have a I have a personal opinion on this. And like I said, I've started this brand noob, which is my personal branding on on LinkedIn. But if you if you're talking about lead gen and sales and B2B marketing and branding, well then LinkedIn is a is a good platform to to do do that on. And I've been pushing at Polar for um for the support of personal branding, as in the people who work for Polar, we show them how to build their personal brand on LinkedIn, and then the company, the employer, supports that and promotes that even because by building strong personal brands, you essentially become advocates and ambassadors of the brand that you're employed by. And then it's more more breadcrumbs out there. People are hearing about it more. And if, if I did, if I did, and I did, I did a post when we launched our B2B offering. Um, we partnered with partnered with uh, Casio G-Shock and I did a post about it and it got quite good traction, which a lot of people were then commenting and either excited or wanted to know more about the partnership or about the B2B offering. So I don't know yet how many leads came from that, but at least there's more people interested and more people talking about it. So yeah, like your personal opinion is personal branding should be promoted and supported. Absolutely. It's almost sort of, a, you know, a, a lot of people don't like the word influencer, but it almost becomes that, doesn't it? If you look at somebody like, you know, Will Aitken, you immediately think, oh, lavender. You know, he, mm. he breaks down so many barriers. You're suddenly, you're so aware of the brand that he represents. And, it, you know, I had a, uh, I had a chat with um, Michael Manzi about this very subject on the, uh, the B2B Sales Playbook podcast about personal branding. And he was saying much the same thing, you know, that if people see your face, they see that you're offering value, they see that you're offering really good content and that sort of thing. Yeah. They become more invested with you and they will follow you to, to you know, how your, how your career um, you know, continues to to grow and grow, and as you say, you know, eventually get more interest into the company. So yeah, a, a personal yeah. branding is something that absolutely fascinates me in in that like, way. So, for, for example, I think because we we've got a, a team of in-house scientists, and I, what I would love to do with Polar is to to take one of the scientists and create a personal brand for them, because then that adds the the value, it adds the authenticity. And also, it's we are uh, we practice what we preach. So you, you're not just—it's not me as the brand strategist talking about how great the brand is. You've got the scientist who does the work and the, the hard work in the background, talking about why Polar is so great, and then providing value to people who are interested. And absolutely, and it, you know, a scientist isn't necessarily someone you're going to see. If you're in the corporate, mm-hmm. if you're in the B2B world, B2C world, you're not necessarily going to see a scientist popping up. So I think that's actually, <laughs> that would be very effective. I'd certainly watch that for sure, yeah. that sort of concept. <laughs> well, we came up with the whole, um, I'm not going to go into it now, but we came up with the whole <laughs> concept around that, which we're going to, or hopefully going to explore later this year. Well, I'm certainly going to be keeping my eye out for that then, David. That sounds fascinating. 
how can a, a B2B company evolve its brand strategy over time to stay relevant and, and adapt to changing markets and customer needs and that sort of thing? Yeah. Well, the, I mean, so I was saying before about the, the tone of voice and the purpose, the values, they should remain the same. But then when it comes to the markets, obviously they fluctuate. It's the, the thing that we can't control. And it has been, I mean, we've seen now, like the current climate is chaos. Like we just do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. So the way, I think the way to, the way around that or the way to future-proof yourself is to listen to the people, to trust your instincts and then validate them instincts through the data. So, I mean, at Polar, we're big on data. That's, that drives everything that we do. And I get into hot water over it because I'm very instinctual <laughs> and I hate, so I shouldn't be saying this, but I hate numbers and figures and things like that. I'm more of a, like I said, copywriter. So words are where I excel, but when it comes to numbers, I get lost. So please don't ask me about sales figures and things like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like trusting your instincts and then if something if something doesn't feel right or if something feels like it's about to change like the floor is shifting underneath you which the market is well then your instinct should tell you that it's time to change and if you come up with an idea of how you should change and how you should adapt well then you have to validate that through the data and the data might not be there because it's something that hasn't happened before but there will be indications in it so it's important that you you, tr you can trust your instincts but you have to trust the data maybe slightly more which i hate saying but it's true absolutely yeah. i suppose as, as a copywriter i'm sure you know leveraging emotions is it's a little bit easier to do i think with you know some some language i would have thought rather than uh yeah you know than some numbers but um but absolutely no fantastic stuff so david if there's one golden rule that you would like everybody who's watching this to go away and think about when it comes to branding what is that golden rule for you put you on the spot now so yeah the um <laughs> storytelling and remembering that it's it's always uh it's always humans that we're we're dealing with it doesn't matter if you're dealing with a brand a, a business or wherever it is it's it's always the human that you have to appeal to and so again in, in polar like the idea that we are one we have this saying we're one polar um, it means like we're one organism, one team. We have to move in the same direction. We have to read from the same book. And again, going back to the storytelling, the idea, the collaboration between marketing and sales is linked because if we, if marketing come up with the right story, the sales believe in and can, can easily pitch to prospects. Well, then again, that helps them to appeal to the human emotion on the other end. Absolutely. And again, you're just reinforcing the lesson that I keep learning, which is people buying from people. So I hugely appreciate your answer on that one, on that one, David. Cool. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Well, there you go. That was David Jones on Unleashing Your B2B Brand Power. Here are our key takeaways. When reevaluating a company's brand, start with the brand purpose. David introduced me to the concept of Ikigai, which you can use to help define your brand purpose. Storytelling is critical for creative branding in B2B and B2C. 
and voice and target audience should be at the focus of this. Appealing to emotions to establish a strong brand reputation is a surefire way to succeed. And as we all know now, people buy from people. Create a personal brand for employees to add value and authenticity. Be customer-centric and create a flexible brand strategy that can evolve over time. Conduct market research, listen to customers, and use data to make informed decisions about brand positioning and messaging. Thank you so much to David for joining me for this conversation, and thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the Essential B2B podcast and give us a five-star rating where possible. We'll be back next week with another brilliant Essential B2B podcast.